You are listening to the Compliance Conversations podcast by Healthicity. If you work in the healthcare industry, you know how crucial compliance is to your bottom line, your reputation, and the success of your organization as a whole. If this is your first time listening, welcome. A transcript of every Compliance Conversations episode can be found at www.healthicity.com resources, along with a ton of other thought leadership materials. You can add us to your RSS feed and iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, let's get on with the show. This is CJ Wolf. Welcome to Compliance Conversations, and today we have a wonderful guest, Steve Spearman. Stop it. You're embarrassing me. (laughs) Steve is VP of uh, HIPAA Compliance Services, and we've got some good questions for Steve that I think are on a lot of minds out there in the compliance world. So thank you. It's good to be here. No, it's it's always good. It's good. It's good. Well, great. Um, If you don't mind, I'll just start off with asking kind of a general question. Since your world is the the world of HIPAA security, and mm-hmm. what are the big trends that you're seeing right now in, in HIPAA and info security and, and those types of things? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are a few things to point to. I mean, I think I, I, if I can point back just a little bit of uh, OCR audits this summer, that was yeah, like that was, that was, that was the a big, it, that, was that was a big thing. That was the it, the it girl of the moment. All you know, the conferences I went to, everyone wanted to hear about it. Yeah, it's like, and so they ended up there. You know, they've selected targets. It's going to yep. roll over where they're going to be doing business associates. But that was an interesting moment because it really did get the industry paying attention. Is like, oh my goodness, what would happen if I were audited? And they kind of went back and had to ask, like, what would we do if we were audited? And so I think it was something that. You know, even for those that weren't a part of that, it moved them forward. I, I think that's a great point because when I was at a conference in the back east just a few uh, weeks ago, they had an OCR representative there, and they were talking about the audits. And one of the questions that came up, they first asked anyone in the room had an uh, is on the list, and only one person raised their hand, but everyone was interested for just what you said. They wanted to they want to make sure if I get audited, what would I do? And one of the questions was a very simple question: Could you list all your BAs? Yeah, yeah. Could you set, because we're asking, OCR said this, we're asking everyone for a list of their BAs. Well, could you find that pretty easily? And a lot of people were like, "Uh, I'm not sure that would be an easy task. No, no. I mean, if if you look at a lot of enterprises, they may have hundreds. They may be contained in multiple kinds of documents. It might be in a license agreement. If it's a software, it might be, it may or may not have business associate agreement uh, at the top. And just based on my own risk assessment work where we we address the management of business associates, it is very common where I say, okay, show me your list of business associates. And they say, oh, yeah, we probably need to get right on that. Right. So, And I think that was um, what was, I think one reason that was sort of that moment this summer was significant, because even though they're only auditing about 200 clients, they sent out this early form contact request to about 10,000 people. Really? And it's like, so you had about 10,000, uh, you know, Worried providers. People. We're saying, you know, think and thinking that, man, I could get audited. And so that was there was this very interesting flurry of activity around that. But so that's that's been, you know, a really significant, um, you know, um, event. Um, the I, I would say the biggest thing of the moment, and it's not just this moment, I think really beginning in February of this year that continues started then and just continues and continues to grow has to do with ransomware. Yes, that's been on. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's huge. Um, my argument is basically that 
ransomware as a hacking event has changed the way the calculus, if you will, that information security officers, compliance officers, you know, vi- you know, um, um, CFOs even are right. thinking about about information security because. I believe they were willing to live with a certain le- um, degree of risk related to uh, data loss. Like, right. okay, we might have Lost somebody get some data and then and it gets over and then we have to report it. R- ransomware really changes that algorithm because if you get attacked and it's successful, you're not wor- you're not operating anymore. Exactly. It's not just it's they take over the system, right? I mean, so you can't enter clinically. You're not a nurse can't enter vitals or a doctor can't sign his note. Is that my understanding? We're right? beyond the days where people can just oh yeah, I'm just going to do it on paper. It's like no, right. our they hospitals, health systems. You know, running a hospital involves the use of elect- uh, information s- systems to manage care, to keep people safe and all that. And so the meds, this are two of the big ones, but there've been many, many, you know, examples. But the two most ho- pro- high profile was Hollywood Presbyterian in right. February. That's sort of what got that conversation. Even that's right. got it going, even though we had, we had them happening last year, um, um, you know, but uh, that was very high profile and they had to pay the, the ransom. And exactly. that was one reason and um, and then MedStar in uh, in Maryland, <clears throat> that the effect of that has been that uh, people have like think are looking and thinking about information security in a different way. I would think so because you know having spent a lot of years in compliance, everyone tries to use the the stick approach versus the carrot approach of you're going to get fined. Yeah. Well, this is no longer just a HIPAA OCR issue. It's an operational issue. So let's say an organization is willing to, you know, pay the fine or whatever. You're not working. Your, yeah. your organization the, is not working. And yeah. so it's a good, I think it's a good example of where good compliance practices can actually help operationally in an organization. I, I mean, I mean, they're not there for no reason. And it's like I, when, um, when, you know, this story really started coming out, I've done, as you know, from the blog, I've done. Uh, some writing about ransomware, and right. um, you know, hope to continue to do that. And but one of the I, one of the points in my article before I published it to you know, sent it to somebody and said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And in the article, I had suggested that you know that in some cases, paying the fine, paying the ransom, was a reasonable course of action. And somebody said, "Well, you know, no, you no one should ever pay the ransom. Yeah. This this actually gets to a classic economics game theory conundrum because we don't negotiate with terrorists. Right. So, well, but, well, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, in principle, if nobody paid the the ransom, it would right. not be a successful but model. Your but when it's you, it's like you do what you have to do, and it's like so. Um, and what to me, when I think about like organizations that have ended up paying the ransom, and a lot do. I mean, a lot do is that. The first thing that people need to be thinking about is backing up your data. It's like this is so such that a, you can function. Yeah, no, right. I mean, so you can recover exactly. You can recover. recover. I mean, you should never if you've got a robust contingency plan and backup that you know you can recover from, and that's a problem. A lot of them say, "Oh yeah, we do backup," but then they've never really had to Have back you up, tested it, tested exactly. it. Testing and evaluation is one of the addressable standards. It's like. And it's time, hey, people out there, hey, uh, 
know that you can recover from backup relatively easily. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the audience now. Absolutely. You know, it's like um, it, it is just it's the first most important thing that people need to do. Now, let's also put things in place to keep it from happening in exactly. the first place. So exactly. uh, I'll say another another one is phishing is a is okay. not the only but is an important uh, vector for these kinds of attacks. And um, so I'm personally in my practice am putting more emphasis on training employees to recognize that that email, even though it makes mention of the company picnic last right. week, does not mean it's legitimate. And teaching them the clues to indicate that, hey, this isn't right. Looking looking at a domain carefully. I mean, it could right. be they grabbed a domain that where, you know, you have the M is in it and they've gone and grabbed a domain where they use R and N instead. So it looks Correct. just like that. But just being a little more careful well, can make I, a difference. I don't know if you want to comment on this, but I've seen some organizations doing little drills. So they'll send out little test emails and see so, if who in their organization clicks on it and does yeah. this and that as a learning experience. I mean, so some of us fall for that, but then you learn. Yeah. And then I'm glad you fell for it in the in the pseudo when, test when it was safe. When it, when it wasn't to, a bad guy. Right. Yeah. Is that one of the things that you're talking about? Absolutely. I mean, there there are companies out there that do that. Um, 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 Fish me, no before others. And they do, they'll sort of send out a test. Uh, generally, the results are kind of astonishing when they send it out initially. Uh, 25 to 40% will click on that link if wow. it's well-crafted. And this is what's interesting, though. When, when you present it as a service, though, and you teach your people that, hey, once or twice a month, you're going to get an email from exactly. us. Exactly. And it's not going to be real, and it becomes almost like a game for right. them. Right. They're always thinking, is this email legitimate? Yeah, but that's what you want employees to be doing. Because the one time they're going to look, and it's not going to be from that exactly that service. It's going to be from the bad guy, and they think, "Oh, this doesn't looks a little off." You exactly. know, the grammar's not quite exactly right, exactly. and this and all those sort of. And you teach them to look at that. That can make a difference. So there are a lot of there are a lot of things that people need to be putting in place around ransomware. Uh, it's such an important. In significant development. Yeah. Those are two, though, that I think you know people should be paying attention to. What other big to. trends? I know the end of the year sometimes can can mean a flurry of work, right? Tell well, us about because that. of meaningful use. Like, okay. so, Explain so that a little more. Risk analysis uh, is, as you know, the very first HIPAA security requirement. Uh, the rule states that you must document the, quote, threats and vulnerabilities to the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of electronic protected health information. Meaningful use uh, is obviously a program that is providing incentives, uh, has provided incentives and continues to provide incentives to uh, providers, hospitals to, uh, to you know, use electronic health records. Well, in the current, from, uh, current year, most providers are, um, are under what's called modified stage two. It's been in every stage, but under modified stage two, it's the number one criteria to do, conduct a risk analysis. I see. Interestingly, HIPAA itself doesn't actually say how often you need to conduct risk analysis. Okay. Meaningful use does. It's, like, it's annual. It's annual. For you meaningful have to, use. You have so to that it. means people are yes. pressured to get this done they, this well, calendar year. Well, because like, I, guess, I guess the world we is like wait. you and I are. Right. It's <laughs> like we procrastinate and we do things at the last moment. And exactly. So, yeah. So, it's a busy time right now, uh, now for us. And, um, and, and it, it, for me, it's like, too, it's like... I, I, you know, 
for too many people, the risk assessment piece is a little bit like a check the box thing. Yeah. And it, and yet it's really is important. I mean, it, you really do want to understand what your risks are and, my go-to analogy that I've used before and you've heard me use is right. sort of like a, it's a, it's a great it's, example. Yeah. It's a, having your home inspected. It's right. like having an annoying person go through with a clipboard with tools and a process right. so they can document, you know, that uh, open wire in the ceiling of your basement without a wire nut on it, you know, exactly. it's like, and um, it, it, it's, it's the requirement that requires you to know. It's the requirement or the regulation that states that you're not allowed to say, oh, I didn't know that. You know, you're not allowed to just claim ignorance. Exactly. You have to use it. So I think it's worth, you know, beyond meaningful use, actually paying attention to what you're documenting and and that you're going through those processes. Well, and, you know, I'm not, I don't live and breathe HIPAA security, but I I read OCR resolution agreements. You have a much more interesting life than that. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. But I I read enough to know that it's one of the most frequently cited um, failures in in these settlements and in these resolution agreements. And, and, I mean, that's what you're seeing, right? Uh, I mean... I don't know that I've ever seen a resolution agreement. I mean, you can easily easily find them. You can look as you at know, them online. That didn't. I don't know that I've ever seen one that didn't have lack of risk analysis or missing risk analysis. I mean, right. or, or insufficient risk uh, risk analysis. It's just super important, and you know, it you it it's the thing that says you need to, to well, have. It, it, to bring it back to your analogy of, of the home inspection, you know, I've moved around the country for work, and I've bought enough homes that. I think I could maybe do one of the things on the list, you know, yeah. that, that I can maybe check the ceiling or leaks or whatever, but I don't know electricity. I don't know foundation. Yeah. Um, I don't know those types of things. And it seems like there's probably organizations that are large enough and have the resources. Maybe they have an internal person with the expertise to do that annual mm-hmm. risk assessment, mm-hmm. but most people probably don't, right? Yeah. yeah. Comment on that, on those that try to do it themselves versus so, hiring somebody. To do yeah. That. Well, well, you know, first of all, I'd say so. You might be able to take some, do something simple like using a ground fault detector and go and putting them into your plugs. But you probably don't know where to get a radon detector, for exactly. example. And and I I I personally believe that most organizations need to use experts to do this. And some organizations do have that expertise, but I would say majority don't. Right. And uh, there are even tools that are available um, that, you know, that can sort of, you know, that facilitate this. But I I think that they're not very effective in the hands of non-experts. Right. Um, you know, an expert can help you determine with something like encryption, for example, that which is an addressable safeguard in the rules. Those tools are not going to help you understand how do you weigh, like, if I encrypt my database here, Sure, you know, sure, it'll be it'll be more secure, but it also increased the latency. That's how long it takes to repaint a screen or whatever okay. by a factor of four, four or five or six. So you just took, you know, for that organization, something that took half a second to repaint to now it's three seconds for hundreds of clicks a day for a single individual for 2000 employees. That's a good reason that you could say, well, it's not reasonable and appropriate in this case. I see. Most people don't know how to really think through those uh, expert determination. Yeah, so not, I'm just for both the benefits. So that's a benefit to the client is that, you know, they, 
they're going to sort of say, well, it's in there, even though it's addressable. So I guess I have to do it. Yeah. And, and an expert can help you make those. Yeah, it's of, not a paint by numbers. It's not a paint <laughs> by numbers. No, it's not. Not a simple decision tree, you know, you know, like exactly. things. So, um, so. Well, let me let me ask you, let me kind of change directions just a little bit. Like I said, I read about um, settlement agreements and Advocate. Yeah. We've all heard of Advocate. Yep. I'm from yep. Chicago. Yep. So I know Advocate. I did some yep. of my medical school rotations in their hospitals. Mm-hmm. It was a big settlement. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the still the largest single uh, dollar amount, $5.5 million. For a single entity, uh, for a single yes. entity, for okay. a single entity yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, what, what yeah. we might not know beyond the headline. Yeah, and I, I think it's worth just pointing out that, I mean, um, we'll have to see. We, we The, the uh, um, OCR equaled, uh, I think, with that advocate, or maybe one before the advocate, they equaled the number of resolution agreements you know, like this summer for the entire for the year entire last history, year, which yes. was more than the year before that. They're ramping you know, to up. your point, I mean, they're ramping it up. But yeah, Advocate was interesting, largest uh, so far. Uh, it was three breaches that happened in 2012 or 13, I think 2012, all within two months of each other. Okay. So it's like three, like bam, 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 you know. Right. Um, and so that apparently got OCR's attention. One of them was very large. Uh, the largest of it uh, was the theft of uh, of four workstations in an administrative office. Okay. And that was the one that had the most records. Not laptops. These Not are laptops. Like desktop, no. Desktop. I it's, right. I mean. I mean, and yeah, towers. Yes, yeah, towers. Computer that towers. Somebody you know <laughs> walked in and walked it. out like these 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 computers and um, and a lot of people. It's funny. They go there. They say, well, you know, given that encryption is an addressable safeguard, well, you know, yeah, we'll do our laptops, but. Factors related to workstations or what is the physical security like? In fact, one of the findings uh, of the Office of Civil Rights was that they had not sufficiently determined the facility security. That's there's a whole another yeah, locks standard. on the door, Lock, the, the, the ATP, systems, right? Administrative, physical and, and technical. technical. Yeah. And there's a facility facility um, control um, uh, uh, standard that, you know, that in- includes a physical security assessment. That's right. And so. You know that it, you know it, those kinds of things are important. So it was that, and then they had a business associate that was doing work with them. That was, I think, about three. The bit, the one with the workstation was hundreds of thousands of records, right. if not millions. I can't remember off the top of my head. the The other one was a business associate that had a stolen laptop, about three thousand records. No business associate agreement, agreement in That's place. Right. And it was, if I remember right, the business associate was a billing company. For, I think the yeah, physician yeah, group. So it like, wasn't like one of these one-offs. I don't know if they're a business associate. It's, it's pretty obvious you should have had a, a current business associate agreement, yeah, right? It was. It was in. The, it was in. The, I mean, it was just sheer, just not having processes in place to ensure yeah. those things were happening. Yeah. And um, interestingly, all three of them actually took place as a part of Advocates um, Physician Group. They have a large physician That's organization. Right. All three of them were associated uh, with that. And so, yeah, and so Advocate was notable for uh, the size of the agreement and, um, and you know, really, I think, you know, is, is, uh, you know goes to sort of the attention that, uh, you know, that needs to be paid to things like business associates. We're generally seeing a trend around more, agree- more fines being levied for failures of business associates. Right, right. And that's, you know, just a general uh, topic of discussion. Well, good. I know we're we're probably getting short on your time. Um, let me kind of ask another question um, about 
specifically, we were talking about or what I read with the Government Accountability Office uh, about a, three or four weeks ago. They published a report saying that HHS ha- still was not their oversight and enforcement of, of PHI protection was still not good enough. So I've been in compliance a long time. HIPAA was passed in 1996. A lot of people haven't done anything with HIPAA until enforcement started a few years ago. I think you'd agree OCR has, you know, 10 times Mm -hmm. increased their enforcement. And yet now we get this report that they still haven't done enough. And I just wanted to get your take on maybe reading the tea leaves, if you could, of what do you see in the future? It seems like this is a tidal wave that's continuing, not getting smaller. It's not the fad of the day but rather something that's going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's it is no question. I mean, and the reading of tea leaves, you know, wouldn't wasn't hard because you can look back to a specific, you know, thing that happened, and that was high trust, the same thing that funded um, uh, funded meaningful high use. Tech. I'm, I'm sorry, high tech, that's right. correct. High tech that funded uh, meaningful use um, basically included legislation that essentially – impaneled states attorney a state attorneys general to sue on behalf of their citizens for for um, privacy violations and and it, and the fines are split equally between OCR the states and then the victims and so you know you say whatever your opinion of like whether that's good it was clearly had the intention of you know sort of um, making uh, these events more high profile, and then of course, you know, the, even the audit program is another indication. Right. That it's like you guys need to be paying more attention to that. That was a, clearly a direct result. Even though I will say that that random audit program, for the most part, of uh, those that are involved, saying they the primary intention w- is not to to impose fines. If something was really bad, maybe right. fraud, they might you know right. kick it over to do a formal compliance investigation. Um, but the the ability to do that wasn't really baked right into it. But right. uh, no, there's no question that I think we're going to start seeing that. And you see that combined with other significant trends like ransomware or whatever, then we're we're at a moment that's only going to grow from here where people are paying a lot more attention uh, 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 to this. And if they're not, they should be. Yeah, so and to me, it seems like it's not just, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times the drivers in compliance are trying to avoid some sort of penalty. Mm-hmm. When it comes to PHI, yes, that's a, something to keep in mind. OCR could fine you. But it seems like it's good business practice. And you, most a lot of these organizations are worried about their reputations. So, yes, there might be an OCR enforcement, but they're worried about it being on the front page of, well, and the patient saying, "Should I even go there? They, yeah. Can they even pick a good business associate? Well, they're going to lose my information." And it seems like that's a little bit different than a lot of the other things in compliance that I've dealt with, right. where reputation uh, might be driving that a little yeah. bit more. Unless, Any unless on it that? was a fraud thing. I mean, exactly. obviously, but exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm but, talking but just of sort of outside just standard, of fraud. Right? Yeah, it's like the absolutely. I mean, um, you know, if you have more than five hundred records that are a part of a breach, you have to report it to the local media. Right. You're also going to be on what's called the wall OCR of shame. wall of shame. Yes. <laughs> it's like the naughty corner of right. the internet. Which any us. of us could be on <laughs> yeah. there, by the way. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I, we don't want to. I mean, maybe you, you, you can know. clarify that, but I, I think. That could be Anybody any of can, us because these any, types of breaches can happen. They to can the happen best to prepared. the best. Absolutely. In fact, I think it's exceedingly difficult to protect against a persistent targeted attack. Yeah. You know, it's like 
But you'd like to at least know that you had your your ducks in a row. And, right. You've done you everything know. you could right. To, right. to proactively try to prevent. Right. You know, a good and, compliance program tries to prevent. Yeah. Um, but then also, if it couldn't prevent, it detects and corrects. Yeah. Um, so... Well, I think that, you know, I, you know, what I would basically, I'd sort of, if we can, you know, kind of wrapping up, it's like, I think, well, you've heard the analogy, like, why did you rob the bank? Yeah. It's like, well, that's where the money was. (laughs) Well, I think more interestingly, it's like, why did you rob that bank? Right. It's like, well, their security, they they weren't as secure. I mean, it was easier for them. So, you know. Low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. Or it's like. You know the bear in the woods, two guys. It's you like run one, faster. It's like, than him. It's, I don't have to. I don't have to run faster than bear. I just have to run faster than you. Right. You wanna. You wanna be on the right side of that curve. You don't want to be easy. You don't want to be easy pickings. I think that's very consistent with a lot of other things in compliance. If you could demonstrate, you know, if you get uh, an inquiry from a government uh, enforcement agency, and you can demonstrate things very quickly that you have a lot of your ducks in a row, yeah. they might say, you know what. We could maybe find something if we spent a lot of time at that organization, but let's move on to the the ones that are not as well prepared. Be, be pretty good, you right? know. Like, yeah, if you could be great, great, but at least be pretty good, you know. Well, it's good. like so. Yeah, that's certainly what we can hope. Well, for I think about. we could talk about this you all day. I, Let we me could bore the world with exactly. you know, our talk about this stuff. But before but, I close, there's, is there anything any question I didn't ask? So I've asked some of the things that that I might be aware of, but. Living and breathing this world, is there anything you think that I, that I left out that people listening might want to know? I, I think that, I think that, um, interestingly, I think that, you know, really depending on experts can be really helpful. And that could be, you know, we do risk assessments, obviously, and, right. and we can help people with that. But even like for a lot of organizations that don't, you know, finding good vendors that can help you setting up your network is really, really important. Like that... You know, it's it's sort of dramatic when I go into a client and I and I work I'm working with a good reputable IT vendor that helps staging and provisioning of computers and all this other stuff. How they're just more likely to be better. And yeah, yeah there's a cost associated with that, but I think it's very useful to 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 kind of pay attention to that kind of stuff. There's a lot. You know me. I, yeah, I could. Well, there's I, a lot, but I think it's good advice. I think it's right. good advice. So. And I think you know, I appreciate your time and expertise. Um, you know, we'll probably cut it off here, but I, I I think this is such a evolving area of healthcare compliance that we'll probably have you back at some point. There'll probably be, be some yeah. some new thing. Who knows what twelve months from now is going to bring us? Right? Hey, I I, I maybe I can be a standing guest. I, I don't listen. I, I, <laughs> You know, it's like, well, and, and, and I'll, as, I'll send the, in, where do I send the invoice? That's right. Send, so anyway. And to close out, I'll, I'll be kind to Steve here and say, go Clemson Tigers. Go Clemson Tigers. I know he's Woo. a big Clemson I, fan. We're not looking like the number three team hey, in the still country have right lost, now. Though. Yeah, it's, we're still so, undefeated. So. so thanks okay. again for your time. We oh, appreciate your expertise. Okay, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening again to Compliance Conversations. I'd like to thank again our, our guest, Steve Spearman. Till next time.